This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Morning Majlis podcast. It's the Morning Majlis. It's the Morning Majlis, and now we're going to be doing a little bit of a medical Majlis because we're very kindly joined in the studios by Dr. Ghalib Hosseini, who is the AUS Professor in Chemical and Biological Engineering. A very good morning to you. Good morning to you as well. Thanks for having me. Well, in a nutshell, we're looking forward to this discussion because what we do understand is this is going to be a new cancer therapy, a treatment with minimizing the side effects but maximizing the killing of uh, the cancer cells. Can you talk to us about um, uh, this process and and how does it work? Yeah, absolutely. So, so we're all familiar with the side effects of chemotherapy. Mm. Um, when I whenever I go to a conversation or give a lecture, the first thing they say, "Oh, it's the hair fall," right? Mm. And while that's devastating, um, it's not actually very serious to the life of the patient. Uh, there are many side effects that uh, uh, people undergoing chemotherapy go through, uh, including uh, 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 problems with the GI tracts, so they usually feel nauseous, and sometimes they can develop ulcers. Uh, there are problems with the immune system. Uh, usually, people undergoing chemotherapy are advised not to interact with the public. Mm. Um, and also, even more pressing is that these chemicals are so strong, Rania, that they actually can affect the uh, the heart muscle. So, oh. um, last year, uh, 30 people were declared in remission in the United States. Remission means that you're cured, or they can't see traces of the cancer, but they died because of congestive heart failure. Because these chemicals are so strong, they kill the heart muscle. So there's definitely an incessant need for us to rethink the way chemotherapy is being delivered. And the way we do this is we take the chemotherapy, the active ingredient, and we put it inside a nano capsule. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call it nano carrier, but I like to talk about a capsule because whenever you talk about medicine, it's always about a capsule, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a nano capsule. A nano is teeny tiny. So if you think about a ruler, a ruler is about um, you know you can measure probably millimeters. If you go a thousand times less, that's about micrometers, and that's like a microbe, and you cannot see it with your own eyes. And if you go a thousand times less, that's a nano nanometer, wow. which is teeny tiny. So we're talking about a very very small nano capsule. You cannot see with your own eyes. A lot of preps for us to actually see under a microscope, mm. special microscopes, and then we take this na- this active ingredient, the chemotherapy, we encapsulate it inside this capsule, and we put it through the IV. So it goes through the IV. The heart pumps it everywhere, but because it is still encapsulated, it's not going to interact with healthy cells in the body. And so once it gets to the tumor site, we need a mechanism by which we can activate it. And the way we activate it is using ultrasound. Mm. So again, it's kind of like a magic bullet. You activate it, Louis, when you want to. Mm-hmm. And hence, you will avoid interactions with the hair follicles, interactions with the GI tract, with your tummy, uh, interactions with, with your immune system, mm. and with your heart, particularly with your heart. And this way, you can improve the lives of cancer patients throughout the world. And, uh, you know, for me, I like to think that we're trying to make chemotherapy more humane, Mm. so to speak. So just I'd love to ask, it sounds like you're targeting the tumor not just one way, but two ways, biologically and with ultrasound as Mm. well. Can you explain that as potentially being 
if you believe so, the future of, of, of cancer treatment. It sounds very innovative. Yeah, so, so right. So I, I talked about these nanocapsules and the patent actually, as you said, uh, the patent itself, we're trying to target cancer three different ways. Okay. Okay, and if I get too technical, please stop. Okay, so, <laughs> so the first way, if you look at the cancer, part of why the cancer is so dangerous, it grows so fast, it grows haphazardly. And when you grow haphazardly, you don't have enough time to have nice vessels. So the vessels themselves, those veins are defective and they have holes inside them. So if you make the nanocarrier hundred, 200 nanometers in size, then it will passively, it's going through the bloodstream, but there's a hole. It's gonna stick itself in the hole and passively release the, uh, the chemotherapeutics. So that's one that's called passive diffusion or passive targeting. And that's called the enhanced permeability and retention effect. Sorry, I have to tell you what that mm. is. In mm. case there are doctors, I have to yeah. satisfy the doctors too. So that's by size. Second one, is biologically as you said so what i want you to imagine on the surface of a cancer there are locks just like mm -hmm. locks right here and we take the nanocarrier rania and we add the key to those locks to the nanocarrier mm -hmm. so each cell can be opened by certain keys so for uh, uh, for example for breast cancer in our case mm -hmm. what would you think would be the keys that you can open breast cancers we're talking specifically female cancer so mm -hmm. what are the hormones that women have that men don't have mm -hmm. or they have a lot less of so one way is estron mm -hmm. estrogen one is progesterone and one is herceptin or her two okay mm -hmm. and these are the three main locks on the surface of the cancer cell so what the pattern that we got is we take the nanocarrier we conjugate to it chemically we attach this Herceptin that will go and open that lock on the surface of the breast cancer cell. Mm -hmm. Okay, it doesn't. I mean, the, biologically speaking, we say it binds. Mm -hmm. So you have a moiety, which is the key, mm -hmm. binds to the receptor, which is the lock. Yeah, and hence you biologically target that cancer. Am I getting too technical? Or no, I like it. I like it. Okay, and and the ultrasound. What does that play a part? Yeah. So again, now you have a higher concentration, Louis, mm -hmm. of these nanocarriers at the tumor site because you targeted them by size, passively, and biologically by the key unlock mechanism, Rania. Mm -hmm. So what you do now, you need a mechanism to activate them. You need to release their contents. So what you do is then you apply ultrasound right on the target site, and then ultrasound in a way shakes these nanocarriers and releases their contents right to the tumor mm -hmm. site. Mm -hmm. Now, why do we like ultrasound? I think it's a perfect modality. It's been a huge part of my life for the last 25 years. Ultrasound is benign. You know, when, when I had three kids, we went to make sure that the kids are okay. We actually used ultrasound. We use it with neonatals. We use it with babies, which means it's very uh, benign. Um, ultrasound, uh, the technology has been around since the 60s of last century. It's very well understood. And ultrasound has the ability to specifically focus on a certain part, on a very small part where the tumor is. Um, and of course, it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Every single clinic has ultrasound. It's not that expensive. And so it's easy for you to envision this where you go, you take the IV, the, the, the nanocarriers are pumped everywhere, and then you go to the clinic and then activate them for about half an hour and go home. That just makes us want to also set the record straight um, regarding the safety concerns. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So, you know, how do you ensure that these nano um, capsules yeah. as, as you call them not the carriers don't harm the healthy cells while they're on the way uh, uh, t t on their mission to target cancer, 
cancer Excellent cells. question, Ryan. Yeah. So one thing is, remember, we're trying to open specific cells. So the way we target them, first of all, healthy cells don't have holes inside them. They're perfect. Mm. So we don't have also passively. You're not going to be able to target them by size. Second of all, if you're looking at the key unlock mechanism, these when you're talking about, for example, our patent, it is with HER2 receptors. Okay, mm -hmm. human epidermal uh, uh, receptor two, and what you do on the on the surface of the cancer, these guys are overexpressed, two thousand times more than on a regular cell. Mm -hmm. So if you compare a cancer cell versus a regular cell, this gonna get two thousand times more into the cancer cell than a regular cell. So you might get a little bit into regular cells, but it's not gonna have the effect that it would have on other sides of the body. So by size and by the biological targeting ensures that you're going to where it's supposed to go. Okay. Now an another innocent question in line with that would be, is why has it why has this particular type of treatment not been discovered before or, or pushed forward and um, what can the side effects be because you know obviously we pointed out that when it comes to chemotherapy our first reaction is half full what causes that and um, can this one also follow suit yeah so what we're doing here now the uh, science of nanotechnology where you have nanocarriers uh, started about 30 years ago um, and basically, they, the idea of a nanocapsule has been around longer, but whenever they inject these nanocarriers, they go to the liver and they get detoxified and they never make it through the bloodstream. Right. So mm. about 30 years ago, and it wasn't our group or anything, it was before even I started being a researcher, they discovered that if they add this molecule, right, so have a nanocarrier, if you add this spring to it, it's called PEG, polyethylene glycol, mm. then, so again, you have a nanocarrier and you kind of add a spring to it. So the white blood cells kind of approach it, and in order for the liver, to identify it as a foreign object, mm. the white blood cells come in and they tag it. Okay, just kind of imagine. So if they're not tagged, the liver doesn't know that it's poisonous and it keeps circulating in the body. So the way scientists did this, it did added the spring, which is polyethylene glycol, mm. and the white blood cell approaches it and it comes in and it kind of squishes the spring. Right. But this is entropically, entropy doesn't favor it, so it repels it. So what does that mean? 30 years ago, they found a way by which you can have a very high circulation time because the liver, which detoxifies things, gets rid of all of the toxins, the bacteria, the dust, everything that you do. The liver is very important, right? Mm -hmm. And will not be able to identify it as a foreign object, and hence it can circulate in the body for a longer period of time. So that was done about 30 years ago. The first patent of these nanocapsules or the idea of nanocapsules came out in 1995. However, they're not targeted. So what's new about what we're doing is we're not only targeting them biologically but also with ultrasound mm -hmm. so we're using size a biologically key unlock mechanism and ultrasound and that's what's unique about this I'm just gonna be a little technical now yeah. and I'm gonna tell you so people in our area and drug delivery were so excited about three years ago well four years ago there's a company called Thermodocs and it went to clinical three so I'll tell you what that means mm. uh, what they did they did not use ultrasound and their nanoparticles were not targeted they're just regular nanoparticles that do not have the, the key on them. Mm -hmm. And what happened is that they went into clinical three. So whenever you test these nanocarriers, you have to go through three different phases of clinical trials. Clinical means humans. The first trial, so I'm gonna go preclinical. We synthesize them chemically, we characterize them chemically, mm. and then we test them in vitro. In vitro means mm. test tubes. And then once that's successful, you do it in animals. We are working on an animal model right now at the University of Sharjah, where we have mice. We inoculate them with a tumor. 
we try, we inject the nanocarriers and we apply ultrasound. That's called preclinical. Once it passes that, it goes through clinical. Clinical is three phases. Clinical one is between 10 and 100. Uh, uh, people, uh, patients. Uh, clinical two is between 100 and 1,000, and clinical three can go to up to thousands. For example, the COVID clinical trials had 43,000 people. So, and whenever they talk about for, uh, uh, a clinical three, it has to be people, male, female, all kinds of ages, all kinds of ethnicities from different countries. So that applies to all humans. Mm. So, <clears throat> Thermodox, so I'm going to backtrack a little bit. So Thermodox is an amazing company that we're so excited about because I'm in something called trigger drug delivery. So we use ultrasound as a trigger. Made it to clinical three, but the improvement, they used microwaves and the nanocarriers were not targeted. Okay, mm -hmm. so they made it to clinical three, but clinical three, the improvement was only 5% over what's in the market. Now, in order for the Food and Drug Administration to approve it, you need to be 25% better than the market. Mm. And so our our technology, I think, is superior, and I think it has potential to make it all the way clinical three because we are using targeted, biologically targeted particles, which uh, nanoparticles, which they did not use, and we're also using ultrasound, which I believe is a more powerful modality to release the contents mm. because with ultrasound, you can use heat and you can all use mechanical waves, which are... Sound waves, which is ultrasound, actually are mechanical. Mm. So if I bring a transducer now, if I bring ultrasound here, you put your finger, you see something pushing on. It's actually mechanical. Okay. But uh, microwaves are heat. Mm. So ultrasound, you can use the hyperthermia aspect. You can also use the mechanical aspect of the thing. And, and I think that's why it has potential to make it to clinical trials. And that's why I'm very excited. That's been my baby. <laughs> very you know. passionate about it yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, in line with what you just said, what kind of um, uh, results or, or responses so far um, have been observed in studies or clinical trials, moreover, from what you just said, involving this, these targeted um uh, narrow capsules. Yeah. So, so we did, um, as I mentioned, we synthesized the nanocarriers. We um, and then we characterized them. Then we did in vitro. Mm. I mean, everybody knows the word in vitro because in vitro fertilization it means it's in test tubes. So this is easy for everybody to okay. identify with. So we did it in vitro, and now we're doing it in an animal model. As I said, now the one thing that we prove, we prove that these nanocarriers accumulate at the tumor site. The targeted ones accumulate better than the non-targeted ones, and this is good. They accumulate three times better. What we're doing now is optimizing the ultrasound. So the ultrasound, because so you can have a higher accumulation, but now the second part of the delivery is using the ultrasound. So what we do is now we're trying to see what would be the best frequency of ultrasound. Frequency is how many waves you have per second hertz. How strong it is, that's called the power density. How strong is the ultrasound? And then we also pulse ultrasound usually. We don't turn ultrasound continuously. We turn it on, off, on, off. Rania, you know why that, that's the case? Mm -hmm. Because ultrasound is actually energy. And if we keep it, if we keep it uh, on the tumor too long, it might actually damage the skin. You might actually burn the skin. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing now is we're taking the animal model uh, using these mice and we're optimizing the ultrasound parameters. Mm -hmm. I'll just tell you something else. Maybe that's interesting. We take a mouse that is immunocompromised. It doesn't have the immunosystem, immune system. Should, basically, they remove the thymus from it. Mm -hmm. Thymus is athymic. And so they actually, it's nude mice because the immune system, part of the immune system is to grow the fur, to grow actually the hair on the one. They don't have a hair because they don't have an immune system. And then why do we use that? Because we want to have an easy way to grow the tumor inside these 
uh, in these mice. So we take, we, we grow uh, cancer cells. We have cancer cells that we purchase from cancer banks in Europe or in the United States. We grow them in high concentrations. And then we take the hind legs in the back here and we inject these tumors, human tumors, it's xenografts, mm -hmm. so that's not the same species. And then we inject them in their hind legs on both sides. And we wait about two weeks. Then once it's palpable, once you can touch it, then you grew a tumor. Mm -hmm. Then we go through the tail vein of the mice. The biggest vein in the mice is the tail vein. Mm -hmm. We inject our nanocarriers and then we apply ultrasound. Okay. Now, one of these tumors, remember I said both sides, one of them will have the ultrasound, one would not. So we can okay. compare. Does ultrasound make a difference or it does not? And right now we're getting good results, but we we have to repeat it to make sure it's it's repeatable and rep, uh, we replicate it. Mm -hmm. And uh, once that's done, we initiated a conversation with the government. Uh, then we can go to clinical trials. Now, clinical, I can, we cannot do it at, at AUS. I don't think any university in the UAE can do it. We have to go through the government. This mm -hmm. is big because it's patients. Yeah. Um, and so I'm hoping that within three maybe three, four months will be done with optimizing the ultrasound in the mice, and then we can do further. We can see what the government wants further. It, it sounds like the potential is pretty incredible, but I'd love to take it from a financial perspective. How is the potential when you compare the financial side of this practice or cancer treatment when you compare it to the ordinary, the regular cancer treatments on offer today? Yeah, I mean, the nanocarriers are obviously going to be more expensive. The formulations are going to be more expensive. But I think governments around the world will pay for their for their subjects. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the the, the uh, preparation technique takes a while. It takes us hours to get it done. Mm -hmm. And when you're trying to do it on a larger scale, it's even going to be more so. Uh, and uh, the nanocarriers that are being synthesized now, uh, are not very expensive, but obviously cost more than just the free drug, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that the government will be willing because it's going to help patients so much to invest into paying for that. So. And you said that the ultrasound is uh, uh, near enough every hospital. So that surely is an affordable side of it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, in terms of timeline, um, it, obviously, now we've gone through the, the initial phase. Now we, we, we're doing the, the testing with the mice. Uh, we've got the clinical trials to look forward to. Um, uh, what, what are your projections in terms of how, how, how long it will take till it becomes a, a regular source of cancer treatment uh, from now where we are? Well, okay, <clears throat> so let me tell you something. It depends what the government thinks. Mm. COVID got approved within a year, yeah, the did. vaccine. Yeah, and uh, the UAE actually had a clinical one, two, and three uh, yes. vaccine. So I'm hoping that the results will be encouraging that we can speed things up. Um, and so I'm hoping within maybe two, three years, okay. we'll see this in clinics. Uh, if it might take longer, maybe five or All so. All depends on that. Yeah, the, the, the just depends signal. on how well it does with the patients in clinical one. If they see that it's promising, then they can speed up the process. And you personally are very confident of it to be promising? I, I, feel, yeah. I feel very confident, guys. I read a lot of literature. I've been in this area 25 years. And again, Thermodocs gave us a good benchmark, that company, mm -hmm. right? We are improving with ultrasound and we're also improving with targeting. So, And again, they did 5%. We need to do 25%, mm -hmm. which so... I feel confident that we can get somewhere with that. So with that being said, and just to sum it up in a nutshell, what advantage does it have over the traditional cancer treatments? Uh, yeah, so that's going to be delivered. It's a magic bullet. Mm -hmm. You're going to deliver it right to the tumor site without affecting the healthy cells in the body. Mm -hmm. So again, you're going to avoid uh, the, the side effects. I think hair fall, cardiotoxicity, which is why it's toxic to the heart, uh, uh, you know, problems with the GI tract, problems at the site of injection. All of these will be mitigated. 
may be completely removed because now you're specifically targeting the tumor. Mm. Incredible. And we're massive fans of AUS here on the Morning Majlis. I'd love to ask Mm -hmm. about the integration on this project when it comes to the students. Yeah, so the, actually, if you look at the patent itself, uh, that is, I mean, uh, I, I'm on the patent. I'm a co-inventor on the patent. That's what they call it. I have Dr. Mohammed Sayah. I'm a chemical engineer, so I'm from engineering. Dr. Mohammed Sayah is from uh, CAS, College of Arts and Sciences. Mm-hmm. And I actually wow. have one of my master's students on the patent. Okay. Her name is Amal Sadiq, so wow. three. So pretty. She has two. Wow. This young lady who's probably 27, mm-hmm. 28, she has like two patents already from the lab. So that's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very exciting times indeed, and not wonderful to hear uh, another success story emerging from American University of Sharjah. And it makes us very, very proud with this new uh, cancer treatment, a targeted one in particular, uh, is, is, is getting the, the attention that it deserves. And we look forward to seeing some some uh, positive news emerging from those trials. I hope trials. next time we come in, we've already, you know, we see good results. It, yeah. And maybe we're done with clinical wine, and then we, I can tell you what happened in clinical exactly. wine. Exactly. So. It's an exciting time, that is for sure. Well, Dr. Ghaleb Hosseini, being the AUS professor in chemical and biological engineering, thank you so much for coming in and spending your morning with us. Thank you very much. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 7 a.m.